on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy. Listen up, fanboy, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Yeah. And here's your host, the man behind the curtain, Derek McCoy! I, I, I'm the great and powerful. <laughs> I may be moved to tears. That was so apropos. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. This is the podcast. We are on February twenty fifth, two thousand nine, at Elusive Comics and Games two seven two five El Camino Real Suite one hundred four in Santa Clara, California. You mean we're not in Oz anymore? We are not. We're it's not in Kansas, Kansas black and white again. It's all black and white again. But of course, I've got my friends, my faithful, faithful companions. My announcer. I'm the cowardly lion. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Lon. Raul. Lon. Well, I mean, Lon Lopez. Uh-huh. And uh, to my right, looking pretty smart in a nice little Thank burgundy you, shirt. Yeah. He's got to be the scarecrow. Okay. And that would leave you as the Tin Woodsman? Yep, because you're Dorothy. <laughs> okay. Rick uh, Brett Sider. <laughs> oil can. The moral compass and sound engineer. We've got a big show for you tonight. We a have a special guest. We have a very special guest, which you may be able to guess from Thank all the... You. Thank you. Stri- not you. <laughs> not you. From all the strangely... Uh, Liza Minnelli? No. Ozifications. Uh, she actually did play Dorothy in, uh, in one of the Oz projects. I'm yeah. sure he knew that, which is why he referenced it. Yeah, because I, I knew I, I, I knew you're. He a big wasn't fa- making a Judy Garland reference that he botched. He meant Liza <laughs> Minnelli. Because no, uh, I knew come you're. Clean f- I come knew clean you about it. Come clean about it. Fan of Dorothy. That's come all. clean. Come clean about it. Lon's a big Liza fan. Oh, that's true. I forget about that. Ever since Cabaret, I couldn't say Judy Garland because she's dead. So I had to think of a guest coming later. Liza Minnelli is still uh, alive. Right. Okay. She's related to Judy Garland. Couldn't okay. pull out Lorna Luft. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so we have a guest coming in for an interview. Uh, we've, got, we've got comics. We've got some movie news. We got a little TV and, a, and stage news. We got, of course. When you say little TV, do you mean like it's on a little TV? It's on a very big little screen. TV. Oh, okay. I've only got a couple of things. Is okay. all I meant. Uh, and uh, I got letters. I got letters this week. You did. I did. How many letters? Well, I actually got two. Uh, one which was, we'll, I think, will segue nicely into the comics review, and, uh, and some you can't talk about. Right? Uh, <laughs> They're dirty. Uh, anyway, uh, I got one from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gesture from uh, Cardiangelo, Eisner winning uh, store owner, Cardiangelo. Hell of a guy. Resp- actually, yes. faithful listener, too. faithful listener, because he and and he's already ready for his guest spot this year at, after Comic Con. Quick, can we do a quick uh, piece for his shop? Earth Two comics. That's Earth Two in what is Sherman Oaks. <laughs> okay. I, hope, I was hoping somebody would jump on it, but uh, <laughs> you did. And by somebody, you meant me. I, I don't know the address. I just drive down there. It's on Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks. Earth Two uh, Comics dot com near one hundred and one. Earth Two Comics dot com. Yes, look at that. Uh, That's it, for you, car baby. Also, yes. So, uh, anyway, uh, Carr writes to tell us that last week on the podcast we were talking about Adam West, who's going to be a guest at WonderCon this we weekend. We were stumbling about Adam we West. We were stumbling about Adam West. I'm very excited. I get get, get an interview with him on Saturday. So Adam West. Adam West. Because he's there for uh, promoting a new film. 
And anyway, the show that he was on, or the pilot, I guess, that he had that Conan O'Brien and Rob Smigel had written was called Look Well. We uh, didn't know that last week. We didn't know but that. But thanks to Car D'Angelo, we know it now. Tomorrow See, we probably won't know it again. You too can participate in the Fanboy Planet podcast. We thank you, Car. He also wrote in because apparently, uh, not apparently, I do remember saying this, we threw out there, like, what would, it, what would the X-Men movie have looked like if it was made in the 40s, kind of like that Lux Radio Star Wars rough, thing? We were riffing on the... We uh, were riffing on that. And he put in two cast suggestions. Uh, Grace Kelly as Emma Frost... Okay. And Catherine Hepburn as Jean Grey. I can buy that, a young Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Yes, uh, before the quaver in her voice. Thank Although you, the quaver with no, the quaver in the voice should be Phoenix. That's how she does her powers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, these books are levitating. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tasteless. Uh, so keep true. those casting recommendations coming, folks, because we're going to make this happen. Yes. Uh, also, Wait, they're going to red. How are we going to do that? <laughs> Marvel zombies. Oh, okay. <laughs> or Blackest Night. I, well, it's Marvel zombies, right? It's got to be a Marvel one. So there we go. I uh, also got an email back. I wrote to J.M.D. Mateus, who's writing uh, the Metal Men series in the back of Doom Patrol. Getting more excited about it the more I think about it. Yeah, yeah. because, because it is, the Metal Men series is reuniting the Justice League International team. Keith yeah. Giffen, J.M.D. Mateus, and Kevin McGuire. Uh, coming to draw that, and we described that last week as the chocolate peanut butter cup of, of, comic of comics. And uh, so he said that he would take that as a compliment. He thanked us for the kind words and sent over preview PDF of a new book he's got coming from IDW called The Life and Times of Savior 28 with art by... Oh, you M- sent that out today? Yes, I looked through that. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so with artwork by uh, an artist named Mike Cavallero. So uh, you then got to look at it as yeah, well. Yeah, look good. I didn't have a chance to read it, but it looked really good. Okay, yeah. It's kind of a... Well, thanks, JMD. I, yeah, it is a... Well, he's also been writing a lot of Batman Brave and the Bold episodes, so we... We've certainly been enjoying. He Love wrote the it. he wrote the Green Lantern Corps episode and the Demon Green Arrow episode. So you know he's very active there, and is also the um, editor of the Flash Gordon comic book, which I haven't had a chance to look at. Have you seen the, the Flash Gordon? I have book? not seen it yet. No, sir. Is it out? A uh, few issues have, which I guess okay. speaks um, yeah. to the store's ordering policy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, no one knew it was there, and so they didn't order it. Uh, it's uh, but. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I can't speak to it because I, I haven't seen it either. But I did get a chance to look at Life and Times of Saber 28. It looks like it's a one-shot. It does say number one, but uh-huh. yeah, I think you have to do that on a book to kind of say that. It seems like it's a one-shot, uh, kind of playing off of a Captain America riff instead of a instead of a Superman thing. Yeah, with a cape, though. I mean, with a cape, but it, yeah. it's a patriotic hero yeah. and going through his, his time. So it's an interesting book. I like that. I, I don't think yeah, I've it was ever definitely, seen... He was fighting a Nazi. Yeah, I don't think I've seen work by this Mike Cavagliero before, and I, I kind of liked his work. It reminded me a lot of the Basimas. And one of the alternate covers was, in fact, by... Silver Age quality. Yeah, yeah, one of the covers they got an alternate cover by Sal Basima with inks by Joe Sonat. Mm-hmm. So sweet. So it's, it's like, it was like a fl- throwback to Marvel. It's a, it's a really cool looking book from IDW hitting the, st- the shelves soon. And uh, what we get in the news for comics, uh, which is mostly, is, are there any comics you guys read recently you want to be talking about today? I read that Whatman. Oh, I read, yeah. I read it too. <laughs> you like parody, so tell us about Whatman. <sighs> 
I thought it was... Uh, Which is also from IDW, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was sufficiently entertaining and I fun. have to admit, it was pretty good. For, was it? For a parody, it was pretty and good. And for a one-page book, it covered... A one-page book? I, I mean, a one-issue book. <laughs> you wow. paid three ninety nine no, for one a, page? There was a running gag in it where Doc Manhattan kept on exposing like two or three issues worth of plot in oh, a couple yeah. of panels, and he said, we kind of collapsed. It's only... <laughs> we're doing 12-issue series in one one book. So yeah. the, the, I, I think one of my favorite parts is when uh, they recreate the scene where Doc Manhattan is uh, satisfying, uh, what's her name? Yes, Mary, uh, Lord Despozek. And she gets all mad. And she's like, that's disgusting. And he goes, oh, I'll stop. And she goes, no, no, no. I just I said, it was, said it was disgusting. I, <laughs> I see. So it, my kind of girl. In right kind there. of related news, I saw the current issue of Mad Magazine, which... I think this is the second the the Whatman is the second parody so far of well the at Comic Con if you count the Comic Con one, one. Matter cracked no did Mad it. did it at Comic Con they did a, they did a parody of I the think it was cracked was it? no it I, was I, Mad it was Mad okay I don't think cracked it might exists. have been cracked I think no it was Mad magazine I'll read copy of it over there people okay so that one did almost panel for panel ish of yes. the book as did this one Mad magazine this month is doing parody of the movie. Right, with the movie costumes and the plotting mm-hmm. and talking about the movie as well. So, okay. Yeah, but Mad never really spoofs. I mean, they spoof what they see in the trailer, kind of, don't they? I mean, it's not like no. There was they they know more than what's in the trailer. But they're a Warner, movie. you know, they are a Warner uh, company, so they could yeah. or a Warner publication. Would be great to work at Mad Magazine, and that gets you into the early Watchmen showing. That would be awesome. <laughs> Although Mad, like a lot of magazines, has a, a couple weeks ago it was announced it's kind of hit hard times. They're going to be a quarterly magazine now, yeah. not a monthly anymore. So I didn't realize they got they had gone to color interior. Yeah, yeah. How long ago was that? One? Uh, a couple years ago, because really? they sent me a uh, the magic mailbox delivered a, out of the blue just a random issue of Mad about two years ago, and it was color. So. Yeah. Uh, it, do you think Alfred's starting to worry a little bit right now? Just a little bit. Okay. Just I would check. bet. Because I, I don't know what... His kind of, eyes are lining up. I, 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 do they have a significant presence on the web? I mean, when they talk about magazines going... And they're losing know, their TV out, show, too. Yeah, that's true. But I, I don't. I never felt like the TV show had much to do with... Not at all. No. With that at all. I don't, but they, I'm just saying, it's not recogni- you know, name recognition anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the TV show, you leave Mad TV? What's it? Mad Magazine? Oh, okay, got it. Well, I tried to get... I picked up recently the 10 decades of Mad Magazine or whatever it was, the 50s through the... It wasn't 10 decades. Five decades. Five decades. Uh, kind of an anthology-sized hardback with a lot of movie parodies over the years. And... I tried to get Justin interested in reading it, and he wasn't going to have anything to do with it. I just don't think it plays it's a lost that art. much. It's not nose kid. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it plays a lot. They'll put it. make a mad video game, and maybe he'll. Well, but, you know, but it's also, they, it's also parodies of movies you haven't seen. seen it's well, a, he'd seen Star Wars, and there were a lot yeah. of movies that he had seen. The thing is, I think nowadays, you know, if you're looking for that kind of stuff, you go to Robot Chicken, you go to Family Guy, you go to any number of other mm-hmm. sources of satire. We mm-hmm. didn't or have you those when Mad. Talk to girls, or you make friends, or you know, what? No, you you're talking this crazy. Oh, what? This is the right. Fanboy Planet podcast. Oh, you, sorry. Would you I just shut your filthy out? pie I, hole, I, I, Lon Lopez? Sorry, I didn't stop it. Anyone. Just stop it. Well, it's too. Sorry, late. Car. All right. What? Anyway, he's uh, our only listener, so you got to address him. <laughs> so, any other? Uh, yeah. Hey, Trudy. Let's move to news coming, which is that uh, Dynamite Comics, which has been. I guess carving out a nice little niche, licensing characters, uh, announced uh, this week that they're going to do a Sherlock Holmes book. Mm. Not the first hey, time somebody's topical. done that. It is kind of topical because, of course, this summer, 
uh, there's going to be a Guy Ritchie-directed Sherlock Holmes film. And then shortly after that, the Will Ferrell uh, Oh, that's right. I forgot I forgot that there's a comedy version. Will Ferrell is Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes? Holmes is having the best week ever because <laughs> yeah, well, he's hot again. He's got a, he's got good adapters for Dynamite. Leah Moore and John Repion, the husband-wife team. That's Alan Moore's daughter and son-in-law. Uh, Does she have a big bushy beard, too? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, just check. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> and uh, as she's, they've written as a team. Uh, they wrote Wild Girl for for DC a few years ago. And uh, Wild Girl was uh, that connected to Wild Dog at all, or no? No, Wild Girl was about a girl who who was, who was, who was like being made into. Uh, she was undergoing a transformation into like an animal goddess. Kind of like Nell, the Jodie Foster movie? Not really like that at all. Oh, okay. Sorry. But, uh, again, as always, we appreciate your insight. That's all I know, really. I, okay. Yes. Uh, and she was, I'm lost. Where are we? was also the main writer on when Alan Moore was trying to revive oh, British yeah. comics through Wildstorm, uh, Robot Archie. I can't remember what they called that. and It was like an anthology. Yeah. Because it wasn't Robot Mecha Archie. Archie. I love that one. Uh, it was kind of cool. It was, was bringing back all of the British um, right, Thunderbolt Jackson, which yeah. I think Dave Gibbons oh. wrote, and so, um, so definitely good writers, and and we'll see. John Cassidy is doing covers, and uh, he's because he's basically like artistic director, I guess, for Dy- Dynamite Entertainment now, and that's good because he's Dino one of those because he's one of those artists that definitely you see a, co- a cover by him, you're like, well, at least like the poster, so I'll buy the book, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's also the guy that Marvel's going with the motion comics, right? The Astonishing X-Men, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I've loved Cassidy since, uh, what was that Western one he did? The Desperados? Yeah, he did called? do that. Yeah, for Image. Shh, loved him. So, and, yeah, uh, I'm glad course, he's getting successful. Doing covers uh, for The Lone Ranger and, of course, Astonishing X-Men and Planetary. Have you, yeah. have you read Planetary? I uh, like the first issue, I think, so. That's a great book. When yeah. you Never get into it. But they're made deep more, into they it. made more. They made more than one. Oh, yeah. did you? Several. So Cassidy is uh, one of he's a good artist. I like mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. Now Rick got very excited. He emailed me this this week about an omnibus coming. Oh yeah, yes. Tell us, Rick, what has got you excited? Back when we were young and really didn't know that marijuana was bad for us. Not in California. Not in California. Oh, no, I'm pushing. Hey, 15 billion potential taxes. Yeah, we I'm need that money, baby. <laughs> all for we talked. We talked a little bit last week about a. I'm saving the economy. About. <laughs> Pass some of that economy. <laughs> oh, don't bargain at that economy. Um, <sighs> anyway, we were talking. Now we have a title. That's a, <laughs> that's a great bumper sticker, there, dude. Don't you bargain at that economy. You need to copyright that right <laughs> now. I'm not gonna register that. URL. <laughs> <laughs> don't bogart that economy. So we were talking about uh, the age of underground comics and Zap, and uh, and along that same line, there was a there was a long standing series about three brothers the furious furry, the fabulous fabulous furry freak brothers and they weren't actually Phineas, brothers either no they weren't were they, they were furries? brothers under the were they rapper. Like brothers they were bros um yeah phineas and, uh, phineas frederick Fred- and fat freddy yeah and then fat frederick's cat yep then fat fat Fre- freddy's cat had its own series a spin-off yes. book and uh, but these guys, basically, it was all wacky uh, stories, the craziest things they would go off and do and end up in different countries and, and at dealing one with political point, situations. Have you seen the CG test for that? There was supposed no. to be a CG film. I did Holy see that. I'll, really? bet, I'll, bet if you, uh, if, I'll bet if you looked that up on YouTube, if you typed in fa- uh, Fabulous Furry Free Brothers, you could come up with that. It's like a one minute, they're like sitting on a couch doing stuff. 
it was supposed to be a British production. It almost looks like Wallace and Gromit kind of type, or no? It was yeah, it but it's computer. It, it oh, is okay. CG. It's not. It's not claymation. Yeah, that'd so. be about right, though. That, it was all Gilbert Shelton mm-hmm. art, art, and uh, just fabulously nice detail. Very funny stuff. Is very, he the guy that did Wonder Warthog too? Yes. Okay, I believe so. so. I remember. Uh, can I share a freak brother memory? Oh, sure. please do. I remember um, they were more geared towards like adults, right? Adult- yeah, definitely, as <laughs> most undergrounds were. Well, yeah. you know, uh, adults sixteen and up. Okay, because yeah. my brother had a, a bunch that he'd left on the table and you know, in the den or and whatever. Young Long Lopez, Long Lopez and I was like, a man. Oh, comics! Awesome, <laughs> I, you know, because as a kid I love comics. I'm all freak the, brothers. What's this, this is an Uncle Scrooge. Yeah, I started yeah. reading it, and then I just automatically uh, didn't talk for a year. <laughs> and uh, but no, it does I, explain a lot. But uh, but it, it was one of those fond memories of this is I've never seen a comic because. I would. Ne- I was always exposed to the superhero books. I right. never experienced a comic that was based so in reality. Off, yeah, just but so off. off the wall. Yeah. yeah, and so I just remember just always going like the Freak Brothers. I have a fond, you know. But the, the news here that, is yeah. that there's going to be an omnibus edition mm-hmm. coming out. It's like I think it's thirty five dollars. It's a six hundred page book. Well, thirty five is reasonable for a six hundred page book. Yeah, that's pretty. Probably reasonable. black and white though, right? Weren't they original they were black always, and white as well? They were, so that's they, made, I think there were maybe a couple of color. Uh, they they would appear appear occasionally in other publications, mm-hmm. maybe one or two pan, uh, page stories, um, and in fact, in their own books, they're usually like six or so one or two page stories. Um, but I'm yeah, that's really exciting about it. It's uh, it's a chance for a whole new generation to learn uh, to get a stoned and comic, read comics, comics history. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, well, you <laughs> threw down the gauntlet. All right. <laughs> You can save the economy and then at the same time. just as well time, with a perfectly legal glass of Merlot. You know? <laughs> save the economy at the same time. Boring. Save the How about Diet Pepsi Vanilla? Industry. Would that be good? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> with rum. Okay. <laughs> Talk about a green lantern. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of green and uh, and taking trips, uh, we've got <laughs> we've got the Royal Historian of Oz coming up. Or maybe that's a myth we're going to, to Quick, expose Quick, cue the here. lost music. <laughs> <laughs> Our special guest is coming to the table no the magic, through the magic of Rick Schneider's editing. Please welcome Eric Shanauer. And now we've got a very special guest tonight we are really lucky to have with us, Eric Shanauer. Eisner yeah! nominated. Uh, Eisner winner, several, uh, at, least, at least one. Right? Uh, writer, artist of Age of Bronze. Um, currently, probably, if uh, somebody casual listener right now might know him best right now for writing for Marvel Comics, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, the adaptation. You can hear those casual li- listeners waking right up right now. No, sure. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to believe that. Uh, and which has been very successful for Marvel. Very successful for you. Yeah, I, I've been having a great time working on it. Yeah. I get paid my page rate, and that's it. But and for for many years, has worked has been dabbling in Oz before before this. You've I, I can recall first comics had uh, was it the the uh, Enchanted Apples uh, of I Oz. D- I did a graphic novel series, mm-hmm. Oz graphic novels for first. Yes, mm-hmm. and turned them out of business. Oh, that was you. Yeah, <laughs> they were a great wow. company, uh, <laughs> but clearly could not stand up to the whimsy of Eric Shanauer. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, and you uh, are co-owner of Hungry Tiger Press. Actually, I'm not. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I am co-founder of it. But the I first of the urban myths about <laughs> about Eric Shanauer. Myth. I, okay. I am no longer part of the company. So. No. Okay. No. Are you still working for them? I do freelance. Okay. For them. All right. So. 
well, that's one down. The other, uh, I, I live in the same apartment with the publisher. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's good. cool. Well, then it was but, an amicable break, but, <laughs> but didn't get co-founding credit. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, okay, so. maybe we should start with like basics. Like, where are you from? Where'd you grow well, up? Oh, sure. For those who don't know, yeah. Well, how did how did you get, you get the Australian accent? Wait, <laughs> what? I, I was born in Key West, Florida. Uh, oh, well, that explains the accent. While Kennedy was still president, but I left six months later. Um, I live currently in San Diego, California. Well, how'd you get your start in comics? I started reading comics when I was very young. Read newspaper comics, read comic books, love comics. Drew wrote when I was a kid, knew that I wanted to write and draw for a living. And when I was in high school, I was so into DC and starting to get into Marvel comics at that point that I decided I want to draw superheroes. This is what I want to do with my life. So... Now, was that in parallel with reading the Oz books? Oh, or? well, yeah. Well, I've read Oz books ever since I was six years old and loved Oz. Um, did you well, start with The Wizard of Oz or did you start mm, with any of the other? I, I saw the movie on TV. Okay. And I loved the movie. I remember marching around the living room with my sister singing Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. Mom loved that, right? <laughs> I don't remember her in the room at all. <laughs> she left. But um, one day my parents took me and my sister to a bookstore and said you can each pick out one book and I came across several of the Oz books and the first one I chose was The Road to Oz which is the fifth book in the series and went home and my parents read me a chapter a night and from then on I was hooked I was Oz fan Oz 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 and I decided I wanted to write and draw my own Oz books which I started doing when I was about eight years old and And at some point somebody published yeah yeah sort of never stopped and they turned into Oz comics I decided in high school that I wanted to be a cartoonist. That's what I wanted to do. And um, I went to the Joe Kubert School. Oh, okay. And uh, started getting work as soon as I got out of there. And I had been developing a proposal for an Oz comic book series while I was still in school. And soon after I got out of school, I was inking Nexus oh. for a while. And, I mean, I love Steve Root's work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. But for me, inking, it was fine. It was a great job. Wonderful job, but inking wasn't enough for me. I wanted to write and draw my own stories. And so I started uh, submitting the Oz, the Oz comic proposal around and first decided they wanted to do it as graphic novels. So that's what how that Because it is basically pu- into, public domain. So you oh, said yeah, it was unauthorized. Yeah. Anybody could yes, write yeah, their own yeah. Oz novel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you went from first. And I know you did, you did do some superhero work, too, besides oh, – yeah. I, can, I can remember seeing your work in the, yeah, in the yeah. 80s and 90s. I just can't remember which, which well, book Well, I did the uh, Justice League origin, Secret Origins of the Justice League when, right after Crisis. And I've done – what else? Some, I inked Kurt Swan on Aquaman. Fantastic Four, Iron Man no, so you, stuff. Yeah, you, you know, you, you, it's you, you here did, and there. You fulfilled I've the never, superhero thing. I've never been a regular on any superhero series, but you know, they, they call me up for specials and things here and yeah. there. And I've done superhero work, but you've carved your own path with certainly with Age of Bronze, which is kind of I guess going back and demystifying what you might say the earliest superhero stories, really. Yeah, you could say that. I, if you want me, to. If you don't want me to. I won't. What, what attracted you to Derek? That? Would love to have a quote on your book. <laughs> no, says, I wouldn't. We talk superheroes. You talk superheroes. You talk Oz, and then you end up getting probably the most acclaim for Age of Bronze. Well, I hope so, since that's the most impro- the project that's most important to me at the moment. How did that start? Well, I listened to a lot of books on tape, and I listened to a book almost 15 years ago now called "The March of Folly from Troy to Vietnam" by Barbara Tuckman. 
mm-hmm. who's a historian. Her probably her most famous book is maybe The Distant Mirror. Yeah, A Distant Mirror. And her chapter on Troy in March of Folly made me realize that there are lots of different stories. The story of Troy has been tr- told so many different times by every culture from Homer's Iliad on down. And I thought, boy, it would be a great idea to take all those different versions of the Trojan War story, put them all together, reconcile all the contradictions because they vary quite a bit, and um, set it in the correct time period. Because you see all these, all these Greek myths, and they're set in classical times, which is, you know, like, you know, you see the columns and people wearing the peplos, and I mean, I don't want to get too technical here, but I wanted to set it in the late Bronze Age, which would have been the time, if there was ever a Trojan War, mm-hmm. whatever historical kernel there is at the, at the source of this story, that's when it would have happened, the 13th century BC, rather than classical times, which is 4th and 5th century BC. So... So is this, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so has this become like you say your overall? This is your life's work. I mean, how how far God, do you I, have to go in the future? And I hope it doesn't take the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> It'll only take an age. I've been ter- I've been working on it for about ten. I mean, it's been being published <laughs> by Image for about ten years now, and I'm about a th- I'm a little more than a third away through third of the way through the story. So, but I've been slowing down as it goes along, so who knows how much longer it's going to take. I'll get to the end of it someday. I mean, I will not die before. You're not going to set some kind of crazy Dave Sims limit on issues? or No, no, I can't do that because it keeps getting bigger. Hit and 600 right on it. Oh, okay, 600 issues. Well, we, you, you hear it here first. Uh, although if you Great, create more myths as we're trying to squash them. <laughs> we're trying to 600 Thor, issues, he said it. Thor just had a 600 issue. Yeah, all right, so, yeah, but that's really well, Walt Disney's comics and stories is way beyond that. Yeah. And they're almost, what are they? They're, just, they're coming out another 100. And that's they? just yeah. one guy? Oh, they're coming up to Walt Disney, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's even. Is Gladstone still publishing that? I, no, Gemstone's I, been Gemstone. Doing it for a few years now, but I think they've been having problems. And with the problems I hear about Diamond these days, who knows how much yeah. longer Gemstone's going to be around. <clears throat> and I have an Uncle the, Scrooge story that's been waiting for approval for really, over a year this now. This is awesome. Okay, you've written and drawn an, yeah, a, an Uncle Scrooge story? Yeah, written and drawn Uncle Scrooge. Three page story. It was supposed to be, I mean, Uncle Scrooge was, what, 60 years old last year? It was supposed to be for the 60th anniversary, but I'm still waiting on approval. It's been through one. So Disney has to approve it, or somebody at Gemstone Egg, has to? Egg-mont. Scrooge McDuck actually Egg-mont. has to approve it. Scrooge McDuck has yeah. to himself? Yeah. E- Egmont, okay. Busy I, Duck. I don't know who that is. Egmont is the, um, they're, they're the European publishers. Oh, okay. Oh. See, it's very complex. It is. It's weird because you know, Disney themselves starting up a comp- company in which they can't seem to publish any of their own titles anymore. <laughs> so uh, let's go to another myth. Royal Historian of Oz, which uh, I, you said is act not actually your, your official uh, an not. official title. All right, guy who writes Oz. So we'll go with that. He's not a royal historian. There's no official, like there's not a gathering of people that have said Eric's books are best. He can be the official well, one. Well, some, aside from this podcast. Well, <laughs> well, I do believe is that, you know, seriously. Because years ago, when we first met, you actually sent me The Salt Sorcerer of Oz. Uh-huh. And reviewed that, and it actually it, it distracted my daughter so well when she was sick one day, you know that I've got this whole Oz fixation for her. You know, she's it started it because of Salt Sorcerer, because it's nice little short stories and good to read to little kids. So, you know, you've certainly is she okay? Car- now? Oh, <laughs> well, it was one day, you know, in the waiting room, uh, but but certainly you've you've done a lot of Oz work, and again, here you are. How did the Marvel deal come about, and why now? 
Marvel just Marvel emailed me, and I said, "Do you want to write this?" I said, "Sure." And and you've drawn several. That's a hard negotiation. Yeah, that man. was sure. You may want to sex that story up. Did they? <laughs> did they? Uh, they offer you know stock? What? <laughs> no, it's, uh, well, who else are they going to ask? I mean. But the royal do, historian of Oz, exactly. If you're going to do a comic adaptation of the Oz books, I mean, isn't it sort of just logical to come to me? Uh, I would think so. Yeah, you'd think so. <laughs> you know, I think you can make that royal historian of Oz thing work for you. <laughs> I think it could. Um, well, but you're not drawing it. Is it Scotty Young? Is that Scotty Young is the artist. Okay. Did, did, did you choose that or I, no. how did it just came to you? Um, okay. Well, Scotty has told me that they had him lined up first, and then they asked me to write, which I have no reason to disbelieve, but they didn't tell me at the time that they had someone else lined up to do the art. They just said, we'd like you to script it. And then they said, later, after I'd agreed, this is who we've agreed to draw it. So I don't – that was my experience. This is this is who we're, is drawing it, and they sent me some samples. Um, I don't know what the samples were of because he was drawing an X-Men title and uh, <laughs> were the, the wizard the beast, and, uh, the beast was I there. I didn't recognize. <laughs> I didn't recognize any of the characters in the. It was Kitty, in the Colossus, uh, Colossus, the, the Tin Man. There yeah, it is. And, uh, uh, the, t- the Tin <laughs> Woodsman. Actually, who would be the scarecrow? Do you, do you find it different? Is this the first time you scripted for someone who, for someone other than yourself? No, it's not. Okay. Do you find it's you, the largest project I've worked on though that I have written just written the script only. I, you know, I have just this total, very concrete knowledge of what Oz looks like inside my head. So as royal historian you should. Well, obviously. Um I've been there many times, so uh <laughs> I work from, I work from my own photos. He commutes um, every day. <laughs> <laughs> but they turn into black and white when he comes back here. Anyway, go ahead. The uh I, I was fully prepared to actually hate the work of whoever it eventually turned out to be Scotty, whoever was going to be the artist for this book. But fortunately I really like Scotty's work on this, and I just think it's great, and I'm so happy. And we're going to be doing the rest of the Oz books, well, as long as it's going, to, as long as really, it's as, long as, yeah. as long as it's I'm over. working on the second one. I'm scripting the second one now. The the land of Oz, land, yeah, marvelous land of Oz. Um, so, are you plotting these all entirely yourself? Are you getting any editorial assistance from Marvel, or uh, well, do they insist that Dorothy dies near the end of the second yeah. issue? No. It's actually it actually started out as Marvel Illustrated, which is their adaptations of all the you know of classic books. right kind mm-hmm. of their version of classic illustrated. And I had been calling it Marvel Illustrated, you know, whenever I did an interview or anything for a long time. But then I noticed they weren't calling it Marvel Illustrated anymore, and we're it's still edited by the Marvel Illustrated office, but it doesn't say Marvel Illustrated on the on the books. So I guess I've disassociated it from that line. Sure. Um, but what kind of notes would you get from Marvel? I, you know, the story is. Do you get a like? Here's where we want you to start the story. Here's where we want no, you to no. end the story. I tell them what. What I just send in the script and they truly go, the most powerful man at Marvel. That's go, Eric Shanauer, royal historian, and more powerful than Joe Casada. Yeah. And they publish it. <laughs> and they go. They go. This is great. Well, you know, once in a while they come back with an editorial comment. And, you know, well, they have to do that. Standard, they don't get paid. Edit, standard editorial process. And you know, I mm-hmm. rewrite here, rewrite there, and. Then when this when the pencils come in, I do the balloon placements, and you know sometimes Scotty doesn't leave me enough room for the balloon in this panel, so I have to switch things around or edit stuff out. But that's pretty standard, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So what do you? How do you go about writing new stories about Oz? I mean, are you drawing unfinished plot lines, characters that weren't fully developed in previous books, or? Well, or is it just you go there and you look and see what's going on, and you come back and you write about it? 
Let's take a few photos. <laughs> I don't want it explains a lot of the salt sorcerer. It really does. Uh, <laughs> you just, I mean, I just write the. Char- there's so many characters. There's so much stuff. You just, I just get an idea for a new story and write it. He doodles Oz. Okay. He just. I mean, this is the, the permutation of that old old chestnut question. Where do you, where you get, get your, your ideas? ideas? And it's like no, but no it, it, writer. But in this case, you're question. dealing with arguably a literary treasure. The, the Land of Oz, the, all the characters that L. Frank Baum do you, created. Do you and Gregory Maguire like, send obscene emails to each other you know, saying you're not the right one or anything? Well, I read Wicked when it first came out. My thought, I liked it at the beginning, and then I thought it sort of I did too. didn't go get very good at the end. When it gets all political and it was revolutionary the, and dark. And I don't know. It just seemed to go on and on without much happening, but I really, really liked the second one. Son of a Witch. Yeah, and I bought the third one when it came out, but I haven't gotten around to reading it yet, okay. so I don't have any opinion on that. And now also in your But Oz- I haven't met Greg, Greg oh, McGuire yet. Well, uh, Mr. McGuire, if you'd like have, to listen and call in and throw down. He's yeah. a listener. He's a listener? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that about it. Have you? <laughs> it's an, not another a talker. Bit. He's a listener. You are also this summer in your Oz capacity. Are you not... Uh, Going to be appearing, or if not, actually organizing WinkyCon. Is that what I hear from? Oh my! <laughs> from your sources? From my sources, who are in the over there drinking she heavily. She drinks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she drinks a lot. Everything the Royal Historian, everything has come from her. Anna uh, thinks WinkyCon means something entirely. I know, different. and I don't have the heart to. And tell Lon her. already trademarked that name. So, <laughs> actually, no, I'm not in charge. Um, I, I will be attending, and I am on the program, but my partner, David, who is also the publisher of Hungry Tiger Press, is the programming director of the Winky Convention this year. Okay. But I have been attending the Winky Convention for many years. All right. Off. So we can we can tout that here. It's uh, it's somewhere it's, in the central coast of It's going to be at a Silomar Conference Center, which oh. is in Pacific Grove, California, July 10th, 11th, and 12th. This summer. Oh, this summer, yeah. And um, there's a Facebook page. There's a MySpace page for the Winky Convention. That's W-I-N-K-I-E. So you probably search on Winky on mm-hmm. Facebook. Not on Google, Google, though, but on Facebook. You yeah, can. Facebook. Three days of Oz. What yeah. do you do at a, at a, at a Winky Con? I, re- I really don't know. So <laughs> uh, We drink. <laughs> <laughs> and start and, and you travel to Oz. And, but how is it different than WonderCon? <laughs> Some, it's a lot smaller than WonderCon, actually. Um, usually attendance is most 80 to 100 people, something like do that. Do people dress up? Yeah, we have a costume. <laughs> oh, oh, my. The way you said that hurt me because my wife, my wife did an Oz costume last year. I, uh, I actually won the costume contest wow. when I was 16. Wearing street clothes? When you I won 16. a winky? Yeah. <laughs> the, the golden winky, in fact, is <laughs> the award they gave him. No, uh, when you were 16. When I was 16. And what was the costume? I was, I was the back half of Kabumpo the Elegant <laughs> Elephant of Oz. <laughs> Do we need to ask who the front half was? No. Was there a front half? <laughs> you know, it's after last week's Mario we Anima lost, of podcast, lost conversation and this. No, in all this is very esoteric. In all seriousness, <laughs> the front fine. half was my sister. Oh, okay. okay. It was 14 at the okay. time. Yeah, you don't want to put your sister made, in back. We made, well, she got all the good part because we had strings where, you know, you could pull the string and the, and the trunk came up and mm. stuff. And you could see out of the front because wow. the eyes were there. I mean, we made the whole costume. The head was out of paper. It, the, whole, the head and body were out of paper mache. And the, the uh, legs were these old pants that we went down to the thrift store and bought and then coated with gray oil paint. 
and it dried, you know, really crisp and kind of like elephant legs. And so we won. Yeah, Excellent. Know. From costume contest winner to now, as you know well. that if you win a Guest costume contest, you can no longer go in as uh, you have to go in as semi-pro now. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is the Winky Convention. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Are there any semi-pro Winkies? <laughs> I'm sorry. That, <laughs> no, that's really, okay. I, uh, I guess I'm full. Did we mention we do outtakes? Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of this I think is going to end up in the outtakes. Oh come on! No, well, I do. I mean, now I'm more professional at the Winky Convention because I speak on the program once in a while and stuff like that. I'm actually I'm speaking this year actually on this series, the Oz series. I'll be talking about the writing. Um, the unfortunately, the budget for the Winky Convention, which is the, 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 these conventions are um, conventions of the International Wizard of Oz Club, uh, which I've been in a member of since I was 10 years old. Uh, and uh, But the budgets are basically nothing, so David's doing it on a, on a shoestring budget. So we couldn't get Scotty because Scotty lives in the Midwest. To, yeah, too hard to bring him up. But it's a, like, what's the size of that international membership? The IWOC? The IWOC. The you say that with a, with a hint of. Uh, that's what I was working. I was working out the anagram while you were talking about. Like, that's yeah, the that's I walk. That's the I walk. Okay, so uh, so how, how large is the I walk? I- uh, about a thousand members currently. I guess they were up to three thousand about twenty years ago, but it's been the slow attrition because one of the big reason is the internet because um, you can find. <laughs> All you know, once people, it goes electronic, all the it's people the you want to. <laughs> Sorry, had to do it. Oh no, I had to you, do it. You suck. <laughs> all the odds you want to talk to with anybody is on the internet now. It's pretty scary, but so you don't need to go to. A <laughs> so, what are the projects you've been working on? Well, Age of Bronze, of course. That's okay, my, my first love. Um, Which is only a third of the way through. Was that what you said? Yeah, um, but issue twenty-eight will be out um, in a couple of weeks. Actually, the same day that issue four of Wizard comes out. The Age of Bronze 28 will be out, too. Um, and I just, oh, there's this Uncle Scrooge story that's been waiting, waiting, and waiting. Um, and I've done a, I, I did a story for a young adult gay lesbian anthology that's coming out from Harper. It was scheduled for September from Bowen Press, but that imprint just folded. Also, it was coming out from Harper Collins, but Collins just folded, too. So, Do you know what the name of the, of the anthology is? The name of the project is How Beautiful the Ordinary. There. It's a young adult gay and lesbian anthology. Mostly it's going to be prose, but Michael Carth, the editor, asked me to do a comic story. So okay. it's an 11-page story about two teenage boys who find a bottle which has a genie in it who grants them each one wish. Okay, and you're hoping that sometime in 2009 coming out? It was scheduled for September 2009 from HarperCollins, but Harper, you know, publishing is having all these convolutions these days, sure, so sure. I don't know. Well, we look forward We yeah, keep that title in mind, look yep. forward to that, and of course look forward to more Oz. I'm excited that you're actually, that you're going to get to do, as long as sales hold up, the whole thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, and, the, I mean, the first three issues of Wizard have been best i mean i don't know not best sellers but they've you know been like higher than the middle of the diamond 300 list or, I, I, and they've all been in through second printings mm-hmm. we've really appreciated you coming and talking yes, to thank us you eric taking time away i know you didn't know you came here to just do a signing and then you got roped into doing this, <laughs> no, this we thank eric for his expertise no uh, but also for taking the time to sit with us and uh so well thank you and so you'll be appearing at WonderCon, which i guess by the time we get this posted yeah. this probably up. but uh will you hungry tiger and you will be at Com- uh, comic-con this summer i'd assume and WinkyCon yes. and 
Of course, Age of Bronze in two weeks, so March 11th and second week of March. Second week of March, and, and the uh, Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Right, four. Right. So, look forward to those. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Thanks for sitting down. Thank you, Derek. Yeah. Well, that was great. That was really fun. Let's uh, talk. I'm so glad I was in on that. Interview. Let's talk about movies. You, you had your, you made your choice. Let's talk about movies now. Uh, we have uh, both DC and Marvel, or I guess Warner and Marvel Productions, announced firm release dates. Perhaps at least one's going to move. <laughs> I know, and I'll tell you why. Because firm iffy dates. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because they because in two years. Fanboys are going to make it well. Some fanboys will have a very tough decision to make because Warner Brothers included in their DC uh, in their genre slate announcement yesterday. Uh, well, first they said J- Jonah Hex with Josh Brolin, which we repeat, reported. We were one of the yep. first to report that story. Yep. Uh, is going to be released on August sixth, two thousand ten. What? Oh, oh, oh. Yes, Did you see Mr. Horshack this week. No, I haven't yet. Jonah Hex. Oh yes. Well, uh, that was actually on Fanboy Planet. That that little. I didn't excerpt see excerpt was uh, was put on the site. So. How long ago? Uh, two weeks ago. Oh, okay. So I missed it. It's okay. You've had you have other things to do. You're a busy man. I get it. You're yeah. editing podcasts. Oh sure, but when I don't look at our site, it's all you don't even like it. You right. you when spend re- eight <laughs> hours a day sitting in a counter going. Huh, yeah, when I review a comic that? in six sure. pages, I get the riot act <laughs> read to me. Okay. Yeah, because okay. okay, it's all right. But we was, know who your favorite is now. That was a preview. It's, uh, this, it's, it's, this was reality, and a whole whole nation of fans got introduced to a new DC character that maybe they'll go out and find. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I like it that they make Jonah Hex seem palatable for small children. I don't know how they do that, but they keep doing it. Because he didn't shoot a gun. He didn't shoot a gun. There it is. But anyway, but the Jonah Hex movie will not be appropriate for children, but it is coming out August 6, 2010. Oh, wait a minute. I, I just have to say, don't you love the way that the Batman just rode off into the sun? <laughs> without explaining how he's back in time or The anything. Bat with no name. Oh, no. That's this, the commandy thing wasn't like that well, no, much they, better an explanation. He did he did oh, use there's a time, time warp, but <laughs> but it's like whatever. Okay. And then he puts a special weapon in, in the, the Statue of Liberty's nose, you know, for commandy to find. He's the freaking Batman. Okay, yeah, I guess it. so. They also announced Green Lantern, December seventeenth, two thousand ten. That's awesome. Uh, yes, so that's that's a go. Starting Jack it when Black, I see. right? And which Green Lantern? It's Hal Jordan. Okay. Uh, the script by Greg Berlanti. Starring Hal Sparks. A, a former James Bond director, I believe. Martin Campbell is supposed to be directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's not set in stone, but that's what they've been saying. So You sure we're not going to get Tyler Perry's Green Lantern? Oh, Lord, I hope not. <laughs> Featuring the John Medea. Stewart. John Stewart as <laughs> Mattia. <laughs> Big Lantern's house. Mattia goes to Oa. <laughs> That'd be uh, awesome. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but here's the thing that's going to make people torn. It's, it's Harry Potter Part 8, which is Deathly, basically Deathly Hallows Part 2, is coming out on July 15th, 2011. They're doing Deathly Hall- Hallows as, as, two as a two parts? Part. That, that book is... I know it's huge. Deathly. It's huge. I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to it. I hadn't heard this before. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, What's the time between the first and the second part? How, so how I believe that, me, that means that they had a, that uh, Deathly Hallows, the first part, was going to be released in at Christmas time of 2010. Okay. And then part two will just follow six months like the, like the Matrix films had done. Okay. So uh, not without precedent, but why it's a problem, opening on July 15th, 2011, is also The Avengers. And we know these Somebody's movies. Somebody's going to blink. They come one day, they're gone. 
<laughs> so if you don't see him, well, you yeah. know, but the, but the, but the truth of the is last last summer did prove that it, it, that it's one movie is there. You know, is, you get is, a weekend to make your money. Yeah, yeah, you really do. As far as as far as what the popular wisdom says, and so I'm thinking people are gonna hate Harry Potter by then. You think? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that as a fanboy, I've got to go see the Avengers first because you know I know how the Harry Potter thing ends already. True, and they're not going to change it because they'd piss off all. Oh no! Well, all those little girls who've grown into twenty-one-year-old moms, and and that's why they had. But that's why they had to split it into two parts because that's a that's a finale. You can't cut anything out. Well, you know what? Avengers is essentially going to be a sum of parts too. It is true. In fact, so here's the schedule for that: Iron Man two. May 7th, 2010. Thor, July 16th, 2010. Kenneth Branagh directing, absolutely confirmed. The Iron Man 2 casting still up in the air, except, and here I went away, Comic Resources reported Marvel Studios signed Samuel L. Jackson to a nine-picture deal. Holy moly. Anchoring, Anchoring him down. For Nick Fury cameos, and that includes so Iron Man two, whatever he put, whatever size a, the role, and maybe a Nick Fury Agent of Shield, a Shield movie. movie could be, could yeah. be. So nine picture deal. Wow. Hmm. You know, you got to start adding like sound clips to the to this. Where when like, you leave? No, no, no. Like, uh, like <laughs> it'll go Samuel, faster. It'll go a lot faster. Like a Samuel Jackson, like, what'd you say, mother? And then mm. cut back to you know Derek. I could just go to the vault and pull <laughs> that one. I'm sure you can find it on the internet. It's not uh, after <laughs> Thor, uh, Captain America, which we still believe is a Joe Johnston-directed film, uh, May 6th, uh, 2011, then to follow two months later on July 15th with The Avengers. Oh, I'm sorry, Captain America is officially Captain America, the first Avenger, so internationally you can drop Captain America off the title. Right, so it's just the first. You know what, by Captain, then? It's by, Captain the First America. By, by then, then we're going to be cool again, Obama's going to make everybody love America. Yeah, yeah. yeah, except the Captain America they got isn't, isn't the one Smith. from the truth. No, no. Actually, we don't know who the cast That one's not cast at all. We still don't even know who Thor is. We don't know who Green Lantern is, and the movie's coming in a year and a half. Oh, right? speaking of Obama, <laughs> did, you see, did you see the cover of Savage Dragon this week? Is it actually was it actually on the stand? Yes, okay, because I got an email from Joe Keating at first saying that at first that image saying that there was going to be a WonderCon exclusive, and that was the image. And so I was like, I, I can't tell the difference I, between those two. I but haven't seen that image. Are we oh, obama really? out on comics? Are you saying they all look alike? Is that what you're saying, Derek? I'm saying two covers that have comics. the identical <laughs> image of can't Obama. Apart, okay. of Obama Lon, versus Lon, Osama. Lon, Lon, Lon. If they're all Obama, they're supposed to look alike. Maybe I'm just talking about the covers. Maybe covers have feelings too. <laughs> Carry on. So they just push him over the. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so carry on. There it is. Maybe we'll be cool by. T- we don't. You're right. We don't have a Green Lantern. We don't have any casting. All we know is Jonah Hex is Josh Brolin, and that's a cool one. We also know that Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is uh, the comedian in the upcoming Watchmen adaptation, oh yeah, has got himself a taste for graphic fiction because uh-huh. he's signed on to be the lead in the adaptation of Vertigo's Bone. The Losers. No. Oh. Yeah. Anybody else here okay. read that? I've read the first trade. I have the and first think? issue. The, the, we're talking about the now we're talking about the remake of the Losers, yes. not the original I said the World Vertigo War one. II one. The yeah. Vertigo one. I liked it. I mean, I, I think I read the first two, 
and it's on my list of when I find it, buy the third one. It's kind of an that. espionage thing. It isn't is. It? Well, it's a it's a group that uh, was kind of involved in espionage, and then they were they betrayed. got burned. They it was got kind burned, of a burn and notice. So now they're going back after the guys that went out that uh, burned them. It's sort of burn notice the way it would really happen. Yeah, hmm. I like burn notice. I okay. watched one episode of burn notice. It oh, didn't it's do fun. all that much. I for think me. it's a fun show. But I watched a whole season and thought that's eh, enough. I like it. All right. Well, it's got Bruce Campbell. It's kind of like crime of the week. Okay. That's why I like it. Okay, and uh, also a the Green Hornet movie, not Green Lantern, Green Hornet, which is still with Seth Rogen, which uh, we noticed at what the Oscars, he has slimmed down. He is in shape. To lost be. a lot of face. Did he did? Yeah, still uh, would have to lose the beard. I think he's but he he was shaved, clean shaven for yes he was he Does was clean he? shaven for that video yes oh, oh you don't even okay. notice he still looked like well he I went had a beard I looked at pictures of him this afternoon he had a beard in all of them. You too. I was, I was trying to. Find, oh wait, sorry. I was trying to find some kind of definite source on the. Are you Pineapple Express two thousand three? Pineapple. Anyway, um, yeah, he's still the Green Hornet. Stephen Chow Seth is rumored to still fit. be Cato, and then he dropped. He was going to direct, and then he dropped out. And now they've got Michael Gondry is going to direct the Green Hornet, and he is the director of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Not okay. going to happen. No, what? What? <laughs> is that the... F- what? Wait, this is what? The third director? Cue that. Yeah, uh, that is, I the believe, third the third director, director for this project. project. Yeah. All right, let's start a pool right now. How long before Gondry quits for creative differences? This just in? He's quit. He quit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by, the time, by the time we on, have this I posted. had two seconds, but I didn't... <laughs> and he's off. Two seconds after Derek says it, I have to say, because it's been in the news for a day. All so. Right. Uh, <laughs> now, do, has he directed anything else of not of of a Dave Carter? Dave Chappelle's Block Party? Um, <laughs> yeah. The Science cre- of Sleep. These credits uh, just don't add being up. human. No, so all these they're art, very weird. They're very arty movies. movies yeah. But would you ever expect them. the guy who did Twenty Eight Days Later to do Slumdog Millionaire? Yes, either? because he's British. Okay, uh, and Michael sure. Gondry is French. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. You can't Green Hornet. <laughs> Think about it, though. Green Hornet, artsy. No, we don't want a Green Hornet artsy with little miniature puppets reenacting, you know. <laughs> oh, that's right. He also directed being John Malkovich. Yeah. Did he? Well, yeah. see, there you go. Weird. So, it's not going to happen. I don't know. It's not going to happen. Maybe that's my prediction. Now is a weird movie, a superhero movie. Although, I, was more, I think it might be more interesting to see Green Lantern, that creativity applied to. Uh, I will say be. this much, though. Being that me and you have just, already said just this much, okay. being that me and you just saw Zach and Mary, mm-hmm. don't you think that uh, Rogan showed a little bit more maturity and depth in that movie? Oh yes, I could possibly pull. You know, I am willing to accept that completely. So he could. Pro- I mean, I'm getting more and more faith of him in him. He still doesn't, even though he's even though he's thin and, and, and clearly more muscular. He's not necessarily my vision of Britt Reed. Reed. I uh, the voice doesn't do it for me yeah. at all, but. It, it could, you know. Again, Zach and make a porno. He had more range. Maybe he could take serious like tuberculosis or something, and then he'll be able. To, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he'll. Has just, anyone whoa. seen the Red Band trailer for Observe and Report? Nope. Dude, that's your homework assignment for this. Okay, week. okay. we have a homework assignment. Uh, and uh, so I, I and at the end of the Oscars this week, they showed like a lot previews, of previews, pre, which is that was cool. A new I thing. like that. And among them, which uh, so we fly back to that uh, to that the, dynamite uh, dynamite entertainment uh, yeah. references that there was there were scenes from Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law as Doctor Watson. And I hadn't seen anything on this, and that like 
five seconds clip got me really excited about it. Five I'm, seconds? That was, was all. Maybe it was? five. That's all it takes of, for Rick. It wow. Was, there's okay. only like five seconds of of they, they went by like you know, 20, yeah, was, 20 yeah. different uh, previews in that in the trailing credits for the Oscars. So how what what, what I like five seconds? Some of do. them will be invited back, and I thought, yeah, Sherlock Holmes is going to be up for best picture next year. Downey so, Jr. and Sherlock Holmes. No. Downey Jr. in period piece, a uh, bit a little bit of action. You, Watson and and uh, all that Holmes in five seconds. There. Yeah, wow. it was a lot of quick quick quick, mm-hmm. quick cuts. Mm-hmm. So you'll go see anything. Was I RDJ's in? Was I alone in I that? I mean, see, uh, I no, I've actually cool. known about it for a while. I've been really stoked about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested because you're a, I'd say, a Guy Ritchie fan. Would you say that? I would say a Guy Ritchie fan, sure. Sure, as a director. No uh, rock and roller, but okay. It but it, did Holmes, you see rock and roller? I did. Was it good? No. Okay. <laughs> see, I'd like to see Holmes done without the magic part, but like Ruse was done. I, right, I'd like to have that kind of action. And, oh, and, we'll call back to Crossgen. Mark yeah. Wade, if you're listening, and well, I, I was know gonna you say, are. Is, is Sherlock Holmes an action star? Well, see, the thing, more detective. it depends see, on which one you go with. See, here's the thing. It's one of the, the things that everybody's image of Sherlock Holmes is really based on the Basil Rathbone movies. We know those aren't really all that faithful. Yeah. There's a lot of room and freedom to to interpret it this way. I don't know that I would I would have considered Sherlock Holmes quite the rough and tumble guy that Downey's he fought with to be, Moriarty on the true. at the base of the Rickenbach at the height of the Rickenbach Falls. That's I mean, he's 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 had a fair amount of uh, Interaction. Does Sherlock in his, Holmes have a girlfriend? Uh, yeah, the scandal in Bohemia. The um, what's her name? I want to say I want to say Alan Terry. Eileen Adler. I, Mrs. Adler. Oh, Mrs. Yeah. Adler. Yes. Yeah. It's the actress, right? Wasn't she? Uh, actually, kind of a spy. I think maybe well, an actress. Then if they put all that in there, I yeah. might have to. You might uh, actually, if you you really want to get a good whole story, the Seven Percent Solution. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Meyer. Alan Arkin yeah. and. Uh, I just watch all the young Sherlock Holmes was movies. A, a terrific, uh, and and young Sherlock Holmes. Thank you. Yeah, remember thank that? you a lot. Yes, I do. Remember I never you saw young. that. Either. Very action. You never saw film. Young Sherlock Holmes, no. first film to feature a CG character. Yeah, really? Yep. Yeah. The the uh, the little uh, no the uh, stained glass window. Stained glass window comes to life and fights him at the end. Yeah. Get out of here. He that gets, sounds not quite the end. It he, ends he, up being a hallucination. Yes, he but, gets uh, injected with a hallucinogen. So come on, it's got that one has sex and drugs. You should go. Yeah. All right, we'll It'll see. It'll totally be up your alley. We'll see if the law passes. Okay. Let's turn to TV, shall we? Rick finally saw, well, Rick got to see what something we haven't had a chance to see, the Hulk versus DVD. Yep. yep. So let's talk about it. Hulk Netflix versus- came through. It came through first. It Yay, was, uh, Netflix! Very long wait, and then all of a sudden it showed up at the door. And I So actually, you had a magic mailbox, too? I had a little magic mailbox that I pay his. for. Yeah. <laughs> so this is another you Marvel direct-to-DVD D- direct release. Hulk versus, which includes two mini movies. I didn't get the exact amount of time each. I'm going to guess they were both close to 80 minutes long. So wow, we, that is long though. Yeah, so we had Thor in the first one, so it's Hulk versus Thor. I say the yay. And the second one was Hulk versus Wolverine. So in Thor, it's a another one of those Loki plots to take down Asgard. It's the they they actually both of these are steeped. In the history of the comic, uh, so um, the Odin sleep is going on at the beginning of this of the Thor one, <laughs> and Asgard is imperiled every time this happens because Odin's not there. So the ice giants and everyone attacks Asgard. So there's mm-hmm. a big war, and I have to say, not so much Thor as Wolverine, but Thor was definitely had a lot of 
implied death. You know, if you look at bodies lying in the mm-hmm. ground and there's a lot of, uh, you know, still, were, you, you're thinking too. they're they're real tuckered out. Um, that torso's probably dead. We'll get back to this. We'll, get, we'll, we'll go in an entirely different direction when we get to Wolverine. But anyway, there, so there's a there's there's a Loki and the Enchantress, and the Enchantress, of course, is mad at Thor because she has he's rebuked her again. Her yes. her advances on him, and so they bring the Hulk to Asgard, and Loki possesses the Hulk, mm. and so it's Loki in the Hulk's body. Well, that's never good. Taken down Thor, but then that's not really Hulk versus Thor. Well, not yet. <laughs> But Spoiler alert. I'm not going to do the whole plot because it's actually a decent. Uh, if so, you like Thor, up. if you like Thor, you're going to like this movie. It's got cool. it's got enough. It's got all the characters you want to see. It's got great dialogue. It's got great uh, voice acting. So we have a successful Marvel animation movie. The only thing I'm going to say is the animation itself, the art in both of these is good. It's not excellent. And one of the things they do in in both of these is they run the tr- the credits at the end. They show you. Art that is like from um, very good panels from Marvel Comics, and you just go, "Wow, that looks so much better than the art I've just spent eighty minutes watching." In it, both, that was of these. probably the trailer they showed. So it's come. Well, no, it's, they're not. <laughs> they got to put there's, that film in st- somewhere. There's still images from the comics, oh, okay. so you know you see Loki, and he's you know all. Loki. Sullen, Loki looking, and Thor. And Wait, what's Mickey Rourke's Chihuahua doing in this movie? I he, just don't, not much. I don't, he okay, went to uh, Valhalla. So the Wolverine, oh. the Wolverine one starts off pretty much as you'd expect. The original Wolverine versus the Hulk. Uh, Wolverine's never run into the Hulk before in They're this one. It's, it's kind of the re. It's kind the of the retelling of that, of first, of that first one. But they also inject a bunch of Weapon X stuff in. So you get to see Logan abducted, Logan in the Weapon X uh, project. You get to see I why there's Thor for the that adamantium bound, binding pro- process, and they're they're working on his head and that that great uh, Barry Barry Smith headgear that he wore when he was released into the wild to fight the bear and. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and that's not a euphemism. And they they bring this back and forth because again with those because oh. he's actually up against. Omega Red, Sabretooth, Lady Death Screen, and Death Strike, Strike. Death Strike, and <laughs> Lady Death Screen, Death Screen. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, Walked right into it and killed him. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> cut him to ribbons. Haven't we all? And of course, if you're going to have all those guys, you've got to have Wade Wilson. Oh, Deadpool. Deadpool. And I'd have to say, Deadpool was probably my favorite part of this whole thing because they didn't. He didn't go too over the top. All the dialogue was pretty much right on. The voice acting is pretty much right on. And then he married Scarlett Johansson. They they have the uh, they have the the healing factor that Wade's crazy ass healing factor, which is uh, um, very much brought out in this. And you know, I'm just going to say the whole thing is it's a it's a buy. I don't know how much this is going for in the store, but Fun. if you're a fan, or um, you have Netflix. Um, a, a lot of tips of the hat to um, storyline that occurred. Uh, they don't explain why Deathstroke, Lady Deathstrike, Strike. Lady Deathstrike is after Wolverine, but they allude to. She talks about her, him having uh, 
um, dishonored her in front of her clan or whatever. And at one point, you, you're going by these cylinders of clones, and you see X-23 on, on one of them. Mm-hmm. The, one remi- the one thing I would say, this is not a – this is definitely PG-13 or mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. even R Ooh. because there are some very graphic dismemberments. Suddenly I'm interested. And there is a lot of blood. Okay, well, I think if you want the G-rated version, actually, this week on Nicktoons, Wolverine and the X-Men features the Watch. Hulk. Oh, battle. this week, that's the one coming up. Yeah, yeah. Saw saw a commercial. I for saw that this the weekend. Excalibur one. Uh, oh, didn't know. I haven't watched any of it. I, I just got Nicktoons actually, so I didn't realize the series was on. You had mentioned it, but it I was the second. I think there there had been one episode before this. I caught the second one, which was about a uh, freighter that was taking mutants to Genosha. Oh. And Take the so, last train to Genosha. Yeah. So let's introduce the children to, to bigotry early. That's good. But, but they also learned to fight But you're it, right. Though. That yeah. one was entirely would be age appropriate for younger kids. Yeah. Well, that's the intention. And I guess they, and there's an Iron Man series coming, as you mentioned. And, of course, we have the Super Squad. Yep. Tell me, did they you actually guys... had a commercial for the Iron Man during, during the uh, okay, Wolverine well, the X-Men. I'll have to check it out. Did you uh, guys check out the second episode of Dollhouse yet? I did. Not it. No. Only Rick did. Yep. Tell us, Rick. Well, this is strike two, and I'm afraid they're out. Well, you know, again, I get really bothered. Every interview I've read in the last or article has said every cast member going, no, really, episode six, that's when Joss, it really feels like a Joss Whedon show. Well, we don't you're not going to get to episode (laughs) six. six. This this was such a, it was just bad, bad, bad. The the whole thing, the thing about the, the dollhouse is they have clients. So the clients come in. They need. They need somebody. The goods in the house. They need somebody to come by and come out and do something for them. And that's when they create one of these doll personas. But yet they're that goes super out. secret, though, right? Yeah, yeah everybody knows you about. You figure them. about but that. There's a flyer going around. Yeah, I guess or? so. And so, the the pivotal thing on this one was the guy who hires her and gets and gets the personality and stuff. She's a really outdoorsy type. They're doing rock climbing and having sex and sleeping bags and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Can they do that? They can hire a dollhouse for yes. That was the, that was the pilot. The Apparently. first one did that. Really? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, three you days know, where there was a motorcycling. So wild they wild. must be checking the guy out for STDs, but they don't check him out to see if he's a homicidal maniac, <laughs> right? I hate when that happens because there's it, no real just test turned, for that. Though. The whole thing just <laughs> turned into the, my prom. <laughs> it was the it was the female version of the most dangerous game oh. with a bow, bow hunter. Wow! And just I seriously, I was bored to tears. Well, was I, the boat was the wasn't there like a guy she was fighting? I saw the commercial. Yeah, that must be. Wasn't he the middleman? The guy who put yeah, the middleman? Yeah. Oh, okay. I did see that commercial too. Yeah, because I thought there were more. Yeah. That looks like uh, what's his? I forget his name. Do you know his name? Matthew something. Matt McConaughey. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he was in Jekyll. Um, right. So we have lots of articles. I, I Matthew. Oh, I can't think of what his last name I is. Don't know. I, oh, even, I interviewed the guy. I can't remember. His I name. should say also. I forgot to mention earlier that of course now Eliza Dushku has claimed she wants to be. Black Widow in Iron Man 2. <laughs> Sorry. No. She's got... Nope. Nope. <laughs> I will say... The quorum says no. I will say there was a bit of better dialogue in this episode. Okay. It actually felt kind of... No, she wasn't. Um, Fired. And uh, But the there was some pattern going back between the crazy scientist guy and the watcher guy. And okay. that was actually pretty good. But... The rest of it was just like everybody's phoning in on All this All right. One. Well, did you see the Eliza Dushku Dollhouse Hulu commercial? Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. That was... tongue. 
Yeah, but still, it was is she like, an alien too? Like, yeah, they're cool. all aliens. I, Eliza Dushku's thing now is just she just likes to walk sexy. Yeah, and that's what the whole it's commercial. Really, what she's is. good at? Yeah. She, she is good at it. I'm as long as she's not wearing heels. <laughs> she's found her niche. For now, anyway, for another week or two. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all we've got this week. That's it, really? Yeah. Why don't you? Uh, Lord. Well, you know, we did that interview with with Eric, and and uh, we're getting we're revving up for WonderCon, and WonderCon's gonna be awesome. And then who knows? Year. And then next week, hopefully by this time, we'll have a, a Watchmen review. So this time next year, next next week. Oh, next week. So anyway, uh, if you have any questions, comments, complaints, criticisms, write in to editor at fanboyplanet dot com. Car, I always love hearing from you. You so, too, Trudy. Excellent. Uh, so in the meantime, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Michael Goodson. I'm Lon Lopez. And I'm Rick Brettsnyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for, for good. good. <laughs> oh, Venom. I think that was Darkseid. I'll get you, Gadget. <laughs> I thought that was uh, Barry White. <laughs> During- oh, Man with a dream. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Hello, kids. I'm Rick Brettschneider. And Shakira. I don't have anything to write with. Do you need to? No. (laughs) (laughs) The cartoonist is more comfortable holding a uh, writing implement. I see. Yeah. And there'll be some chatter, and you'll (laughs) calm everybody down, and then you're going to say, and now we've got... And now we've got a very special guest tonight. We are really lucky to have with us Eric Schanauer. Before we wrap up, I just have a quick question. How does a cover for Wonder Woman get rejected? I don't know. I don't know the business. This might be a subject. Someone at DC says no. That's it. They didn't give you a reason, like redraw something. They didn't say CB after class. It's the same way you got yeah. rejected <laughs> <in the> dates. <laughs> no. No. All right. I understand. I understand. It gets, you know, I get approved, 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 and then at a certain point, someone along the ropes, okay. along the chain says no. And that's how it gets rejected. I've never worked in the industry. I'm just curious. So you can't really. Don't, don't cry. <laughs> I didn't mean. You are not allowed to sit in on any of these anymore. <laughs> you can't really work, rework the same thing for She Hulk or anything. And <laughs> to be fair, this is better behaved than you were with Joe Keating. But um, anyway. So far. So far. Right. And then we were talking about you. And then we'll be, and we'll be seeing you. Go on. You. I could. Just, right. <laughs> All right. You're going to talk about books and movies. You see right? the new Watchmen or, trailer? No. <laughs> no. Um, get, get out of here. Seth Rogen is Green Hornet? <laughs> What? Seth Rogen as Green Hornet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thought See, that we've already guy, got a guy who can do that. Uh, the Spider-Man musical? No, coming? our guy can review it without saying it. Yeah, true. I'm worried about the Spider-Man musical. When is it opening? Is it, is it set to open? It is. Uh, in fact, Bono's uh, doing the music and Julie Taymor's directing. A year from now, it will be opening on Broadway, February 18th, 2010. It has been announced. Road trip. 
Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Uh-huh. That, that's what the ti- official title is. That's, that's Underwhelming. It's kind, of, <laughs> kind, of, kind of a sad. Re- it's kind of a sad repost to Back in Black. <laughs> well, you know they did Superman on Broadway in the sixties. It's a bird. So. It's a plane. It was awful. Yes, uh, a bird. It's a plane. It was awful. I just but, uh, I just got the soundtrack the other day. I couldn't listen to it. We need him. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> so, so here comes Spider Man, <laughs> which. Still got further than the proposed Silver Surfer and Captain America musicals that were both uh, announced at various times and throughout Marvel's yeah. history. So that scared you. Look at that. <laughs> Even I'm like, Silver the Surfer, Surfer the musical? I don't know. I, I don't get Galactus. it. Galactus. <laughs> Music by Dick Dale. Look, I, Julie Taymor has experience, but you know some of her stuff I like and some of her stuff I can't stand, so I don't know. Were and you a fan of Across the Universe? I don't know what that is. That's uh, the last the, movie the Beatles, she directed uh, Beatles, with the Beatles. Oh, okay. I okay, know. see, so that would answer would be no, and so I, well, just not known. Didn't see so. And like, well, like well, her leads from that as well as Bono of U two is writing the music. Yes, with which, the with I the mean, edge. Yes, sounds. Well, I mean, that could be good, but how, how do you get Bono on the Spider Man musical? Does he have? Does he have? Well, didn't I, I guess he, he have do whatever he wants? I don't. Does think he have experience for writing for musical theater? Does he understand the form? Well, does the he... Edge wrote the music to the theme song to the Batman the animated series. So yeah, that's not quite there. No, it's not. Theme song, Keep working. Theme song is, <laughs> I know. I know. I, Josh, I, I, Josh I don't Whedon know. was able to handle it because he had been a fan of musical theater for years and a composer and all this other stuff. And he's met Stephen Sondheim. So Bono. What more do you need? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna. You know, it may turn out great. Who knows? Better than Shrek the musical. Yeah, that killed everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I saw footage from that this week and went, "Yeah, that was a bad idea." So, all right. Well, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't listen to the whole. Did you listen to last week's? The whole podcast. The one with where I cut the sound effects in over Mario coming in. I thought the first one was too long, but the other ones are cool. Because you did the theme song, uh-huh. then you did the, the island something else, and right. then you did something else. And it was just like I couldn't, too I couldn't long for a do bit. just one. I tried each one, <laughs> and none of them were recognizable <laughs> enough. The, the, the end, end one is the most recognizable one because you, you always hear that, and you go, that's the end of the show. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then by itself, the sound effect didn't quite make it. But the, the problem with the, the end one is it. It didn't feel right in there. Hmm. And so I put just the sound effect, and that didn't feel well, right. Because it's funny because the music all, builds up to it. I know, but you're all, whoa, whoa. And then there's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be startling to me. <laughs> and then you come back, whoa, Mario. The, 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 whoa, the whoa part came in just right on the uh, end. Oh. I know, I, I, I thought about shortening it up, but. Yeah, <laughs> about I'm just saying, no, it's, you know, sound effects yeah, are fine. It's a clean right. edit. All right. <coughs> okay. Mm. Was that a good okay go? Or that, was, that, was, that was the levels have all come up now from my, having the mics turned off and it's ready to listen to oh. your voice. Now. Oh, we should oh, stop right. talking. Right. Yeah. Here we go. <coughs> Anytime. <laughs> listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Our special guest is coming to the table no the magic, through the magic of Rick Schneider's editing. Please welcome Eric Shanauer. 
Oh, Toto, he's right over this way. You know what no, you I'm predicted, good. Rick? What? I'd have to calm everybody down and... <laughs> said not a word i know the I show know. I, I, gave, <laughs> I gave it enough pause well he was polite it, when, when you meant, when you said everybody you meant lawn <laughs> <laughs> okay well that was great that was really fun let's uh, talk i'm so glad i was in on that let's interview. talk about movies